The following is paid commercial programming. Third-party rankings are no guarantee of future investment success. Working with a highly rated advisor does not ensure that a client or prospective client will experience a high level of performance. Investment performance is not an explicit criterion because clients' investment goals differ. These ratings should not be construed as an endorsement of the advisor by any client. Generally, rankings are based on information prepared and submitted by the advisor. Statements saying that we told our clients to be out of the market in 2008 refer to recommendations made by MMWKM's principals while employed at Eagle Strategies LLC. The team that manages accounts at MMWKM are the same individuals with that responsibility at Eagle Strategies and at Cambridge Research from 2009 to 2011. MMWKM was created in 2011 and uses the same exit strategy. A more thorough disclosure of the criteria used in making these rankings is available by contacting MMWKM Advisors LLC. It's time for Money Matters, and here's your host, Ken Moray. We're in the money, we're in the money. We've got a lot of what it takes to get along. We're in the money. We are in the money. The skies are sunny. And old man recession, you are through. You have done us wrong, I think think you are through. Anyway, we are back. This is Money Matters with Ken Morafe. And of course, I am your host, Ken Morafe. And this is the show where we talk about everything and anything in the world of retirement planning. We talk about the stock market. We're going to talk about uh, the bond market. We're going to talk about COVID. We're going to talk about social security. You name it, we talk about it. And we try to have more fun than a human being should be allowed to have when talking about all of this boring financial stuff. But before we go one step further, let me introduce myself. I am, of course, Ken Morafe, the host of Money Matters with Ken Morafe. Thank you, Jack. And I am a senior retirement planner and founder of Retirement Planners of America. I love it. I do love it. And we are a firm that specializes in retirement planning. So that means we work with the most wonderful people in the entire universe. Those are people who are over 50, who are retired or retiring soon. And if that is you, this show is designed for you. And, uh, this falls under, if you don't toot your own horn, nobody else will. Uh, Barron's named one, your faithful host, one of the top 100 financial advisors, and they actually did so eight years in a row, which is mind-blowing for me. But without our clients, we'd be nowhere. So you clients, we love you. We thank you. Um, let me go over with you what we're going to talk about on this, our weekly excursion into the land of retirement planning. So first of all, as you may have noticed, we have these big, big down days uh, in the markets. You know, we had an 800-point down day the other day. And uh, so the question that I've been getting uh, asked is, why is the market so skittish? I mean, what is up with every, you know, it's like suddenly the market wakes up and it's like this stampede for the exits. And uh, are those buying opportunities? What should we do about it? Should I be worried? Well, we're going to answer those questions for you in our first segment. Now, also, we're going to talk about maximizing your 401k. So I'm going to have seven tips for you on how to maximize your 401k. And you know, Jack, other shows might have, you know, three, four, maybe even five if you're lucky. But no, we give you the full Monty, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to give you seven of them. 
And as we do every week, Social Security, we're going to have some strategies for you. If you are married and you want to maximize your Social Security benefits, then we'll have some uh, tips for you on that too. We'll show you, we'll, we'll share a couple of strategies that might help you to get more money from Social Security than you might have otherwise. And then also, as we do every week, we also talk about our foundational philosophy. And the reason why we do that is because I feel it is important for someone who is over 50, who is retired, who is retiring soon, to understand that as we see the world, the dynamic of how you invest has changed. When you were younger, you're on offense, you're building, you're putting money into your, your retirement plans. But once you retire, you're going to be drawing money out potentially. And so it, it's a different dynamic. It's a different paradigm. And so how you think, I think, should be different. You should think how to protect as opposed to, you know, being all about growth without worrying about protection. So in the segment, uh, we're going to talk about why buy and hold could make you run out of money in your retirement. So we're going to call, we have called it the, the buy and hold disaster. And I'll share with you why I think that just playing through bad times is really a bad idea. So we'll have that for you. And you know what, Jack? Most shows would stop right there. Most shows would say, if we did just that, we have done more than our listening audience could possibly ask from a financial show. Somebody stop me. Don't you dare, because on this show, do we stop right there? No, we don't. We boldly go where no financial show has gone before, and therefore, at about 10 till, we will have our estate tip of the week. And this week, we're going to answer the frequently asked questions about gift taxes. All right, so this is where if you want to make gifts to your greedy, unwashed, undeserving heirs, uh, you may wonder are, who, play, who pays the tax on that and what's not taxable, what is, what are the tax, all those kind of questions. So we'll answer all of those things uh, for you at about 10 till when we uh, have our estate tip of the week. So we have a fantastic show lined up for you, and I'm sure you'll stay tuned for the entire program. I want to share with you something that was really just phenomenal, phenomenal. My heart is just, you know, remember the Grinch where his heart grows like seven times bigger and pops through his chest? I'm not the Grinch, but I'll just say my heart did that. We had a food drive that we also did with a, uh, uh, a shredding event. So we asked people to bring all their, to, and people brought truckloads, I'm not kidding, truckloads of paper to shred. And we said, we'll shred it for free, bring, bring food with you. And we gave it to Minnie's uh, Kitchen, which has uh, so far given away uh, 11 million meals. Uh, and so they're a very, very great uh, charity to be a, a benefactor of. And so we decided that we would make that our charity. And uh, so all the food that we raised and money that we raised was for minis. Now, let me give you the statistics on this. I mean, this was really unbelievable. And we did this in four hours. Okay. So first of all, people delivered, we had 4,984 pounds of food. I mean, that's mind-blowing. In fact, and this is from Minis. They, they weigh this stuff. They had these big boxes where we put all the food in, these plastic containers, and then they put them in the back of their, of their truck. Uh, according to them, this is going to be 15,153 meals, and that's before the cash donations because people also brought money. And with the money, they'll be able to buy another 6,000 meals, which puts or a little over 7,000 meals, which brings the total – that we were able to achieve in that four-hour period was over 20,000 meals for people who are in need. Yes. 
And so, you know, I've always said our audience, our clients, when we ask you to help us with something that's noble and purposeful, you guys show up, and I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. The 20,000 meals, Jack, can you imagine? That's 5,000 meals an hour. We should have done it all day. We might have been able to generate 100,000 meals. Who knows? Anyway, let's talk about why the market is so skittish. You know, it's, it's interesting to me that right now we have unbelievable amounts of trillions in the system. I mean, there's so much money sloshing around, and it's free. I mean, what are interest rates right now? They're practically free. They're the, almost the lowest in history, if not the lowest. So you can borrow money. You can, you can do all kinds. I mean, it's, money is free, and there's plentiful of it. We've got stimulus galore. We've got a, an economy that is coming out of a recession. Demand is skyrocketing. Companies are scrambling to keep up, and that should create all kinds of profits for them. And therefore, the stock market should go up with it. And all of that is the, the scenario that we've been talking about. Uh, for almost a year now, is that as things get better, this is an opportunity. And uh, those of you who followed my advice, I hope, you, I hope you did well. So in view of all of that, and then the Fed has come out and said, we're going to leave interest rates low until the unemployment rate comes back to where we want it to be. Which, by the way, I think they're going to have to wait a long time because there's a lot of people that aren't going back to work. <laughs> we may never get back to the number they want, but that's a different story. So the Fed is being very accommodative, low interest rates. They're not going to get in the way. They're going to keep stimulating. So you have that. You have the, the foreign markets, uh, India and Latin America and those places. Vaccines are starting to be disseminated over there, which gonna, is hopefully going to stabilize their economies. And they'll start buying stuff from us. We should help our profits as well. So you add all that in. And, you know, to me, I don't see what gets in the way of this. But, you know, the, the investors climb the proverbial wall of worry. And so every time anything comes along, it scares the dickens out of them. So we had, uh, you know, the concerns about the variant or concerns about inflation. So whatever it may be, suddenly it takes hold. People get all freaked out. My opinion and I'm, uh, this is the opinion we've had all of this year and you know, about half of last, is that when these things happen, I, I perceive them to be buying opportunities. You know, in fact, when uh, the, the Dow went down 800 points the other day, I was like, gosh, I wish I had some extra cash <laughs> to invest because I thought this is, this, is, you know, this is opportunity knocking on, on, on the door. So um, now, having said all of that, you know, and we believe that if you have cash on the sidelines, that, that this is, as I said, opportunity knocking. And even though we're, it looks like uh, you know, we're, we've, we've hit our uh, fearless forecast for the year, which is great, um, the thir Dow 35,000, wonderful, and, and all of that, it's not the end, kids. I think it's going to continue and probably for another year. Now, having said all of that, you always, in my opinion, need to have a strategy to protect yourself, okay? Because the scariest market, in my view, is not the skittish one because the skittish market means people are a little bit scared, which means that when they invest, they're thinking about it, maybe doing some homework, maybe being a little rational. The scariest market for me is when people are throwing caution to the wind. They don't, they're not scared of anything, and they're just pumping money in, and that's when the market tends to overshoot and we have a big bad correction.
So things can change in the blink of an eye. In my opinion, it is so important to make sure that you have a, a, a protection strategy. And we do. We have our invest and protect strategy, which helped us to sell, to tell our clients and everybody that was listening to the show to sell in, in, uh, in March of uh, last year, just before the pandemic was announced and the market took its big drop in, in November of 2007, before the credit crisis of 2008 happened. So we have a strategy because we work with people who are retired or retiring soon, and we want to protect them from bad things. Now, if you don't have that, I think you should. And if you don't want to build it yourself, then go to our website. It's rpoa.com, retirementplannersofamerica.com. And by the way, we podcast a show. I encourage you to subscribe. Uh, you can uh, do it on, on uh, any of your devices and uh, have it downloaded to your, to your device and listen to it when you want. I encourage you to do that. But also, you can sign up for upcoming seminars. We have seminars on uh, retirement planning strategies now that we're coming out of the pandemic, it appears. Also, we have strategies on reducing your Social Security, uh, reducing your income taxes, fighting bear markets. We have uh, videos. Lots of information on our website. So if you go to rpoa.com, you can avail yourself of all of that. Now, one of the things you also can do if you want to bypass it all and go directly talk to one of our retirement planners is you can click on meet with an advisor. And if you do that, we'll visit with you. No charge or obligation. We'll build a retirement plan with you. And uh, at the end, if you want to work with us, fantastic. And if not, that's fine too. Okay. No charge, no obligation, and we will part friends. So all of that, rpoa.com. All right. We're going to take a break. We're going to talk uh, when we come back about seven tips to maximize your 401k. So stay tuned. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morayf. So we're going to talk now about seven tips to maximize your 401k. And I know what you're thinking. All those other financial shows, They'll give you, what, three, t three tips, maybe five if you're lucky? No, we give you seven. We're going to go all the full Monty, ladies and gentlemen. So let's do it. So the first thing that I want to talk about is contributing. <laughs> you know, that's like the most, the first step of any 401k plan is you got to contribute to the plan. All right. So in my opinion, you should, you should add 15% to your 401k every year you work. And this was taught to me by my mom. She basically said, no matter how much you make, always save 15%. And because it's rare to find a person that actually has been doing that all this time, if you are now in your 50s, I would say go for 20%. Put in the maximum that you can, okay? Very, very important in my opinion. Now, as you calculate the amount that you can afford to contribute, make sure you look at if there are any company contributions. So, for example, if your company has a 3% match, then contribute the max plus you'll be getting that three from your company. That could put you at, if you're putting in 15 at 18, if you count theirs, it's free money. It's not taxable till you take it out. It's a fantastic thing, okay? And let me tell you, two the, the two regrets I hear the most from retired people is I should have started saving earlier <laughs> and I wish I'd saved more, okay? You, you don't think you can't, all right? Don't end up with the similar re regrets. Number two uh, is don't stop contributing, Okay, make it a discipline that you are going to do that come heck or high water. Okay, no matter what happens, just keep contributing. Make sure that you adjust your life around not having the money that you're contributing. And the beauty of it is that it comes out of your paycheck before you get your greedy paws all over it. And so that way it can just be added to your retirement plan without you ever missing it. Okay, so make sure you put the money in. And then secondly, do not stop contributing. Keep going no matter what is going on. Keep plowing it in. 
And you know, sometimes people get scared. They think, oh, the market's going down. It's a bear market. I don't want to put any more money in. What are you, what are you talking about? When do you want to put money in? When it's high or when it's low? When do you want to buy? Buy low or buy high? Buy low. So keep going. If, it's, if the market's tanking, it's cheaper. Buy more of it. All right? So that's what you do That Now, number three is make sure that you are collecting the entire company match. Okay? Check, go and look at all the stuff and make sure that you are getting every single dollar that they will match for you. Don't leave dollars on the table. Okay? Um, it, it's, you know, in a former life, I used to help companies install 401ks and all that. And I found that, that at least 10% of the employees at those companies don't contribute enough to collect the maximum match. And I'm thinking, this is free money. People are handing you money. Why would you not do that? Okay? So make sure you're not one of them. Now, the other thing to look at is that uh, more and more companies are offering uh, 401k Roth uh, uh, plans, right? Which means that you can put the money in. It's not tax deductible to you, but once it's in there, it grows without taxes. And then the good news is when you retire, you can take it out tax-free, okay? So this is not for everybody. There's some thinking to do as to which kind of 401k you want to contribute to, but... If you have that option, make sure you look at it and decide if it's a good idea for you because it, it could potentially be a very good idea, all right? Now, the other thing is when you look at your 401k, you probably have like, you know, it seems like a million choices and you don't know what to do and this and that. Get help, okay? And we can help you with that. Our people are here to do that with you. We'll, we'll gladly sit down with you and look at your choices and help you with that. Uh, and so make sure that uh, you look at how much risk you have, your time horizon, uh, your income, all those kind of things to determine what is the amount of risk that's appropriate for you and therefore how you should allocate, what percentage you should put in this and that and the third and the fourth, okay? And, and that's an important part of it. Number six is don't borrow money against your 401k, <laughs> okay? Just don't. I know you run into hard times. Find a way. Don't borrow against your 401k. You can, and I know it, and it's, I wish they didn't have that option, but they do, so don't do it. Just because you can, don't. And the other thing also is that if you are changing jobs, look at your options before you roll over your account to an IRA. Okay, depending on your age and different circumstances, it may not be a good idea for you to roll your uh, 401k money into an IRA. It may cause you to not be able to have access to the money and other things that you won't like. So think about that also, and we would love to help you make that decision as well. So speaking of all of that, here's what you do. You go to our website. It's rpoa.com. And you click on meet with an advisor. If you click on that, then what we'll do is we'll sit down with you and we'll work through all the stuff I just said. We'll also work with you on uh, your retirement plan itself, your cash flow planning, your income tax planning. We'll help you with your estate planning. If you want to leave money to your greedy, unwashed, undeserving heirs, we'll help you with that. We'll help you make social security decisions. We'll look at the whole picture and, and build a plan with you, okay? We're not going to build it for you. We're going to build it with you, okay? Because your input is what's going to drive the whole thing. And once we've built it, we'll we'll, you can use it. And if you like, want to work with us to implement it, that's great. But if not, that's fine too, okay? Either way, there is no charge. There's no obligation. And we will part friends. I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. I think it is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. And you know, over the years, uh, we've made a lot of beautiful friendships, both with people that have become clients and then people that have not. 
Um, in fact, there's a gentleman that uh, is a member at my tennis club. <laughs> His name is Leo. Hi, Leo. I know he listens to the show. Uh, and uh, he came in, visited. We sat down, everything. And uh, this was like five years ago. Chose to remain doing it himself, but said, thank you very much. And he said, you said, right? If I like the plan, but I don't want to work with you, I don't have to. And I said, that's right, I did. But the good news is he's uh, he sent a lot of his friends our way, and, and they've become clients. So anyway, um, our website is rpoa.com. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to have social security strategies for married couples. So stay tuned. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morayf. So let's talk about social security. This is one of the most um, important sources of income for our clients uh, uniformly. I would say there's not a client that Social Security is not an important part of the income they get during their retirement. And so doing it correctly is extremely important. And Social Security is also very complex. If you've tried to navigate through that thing, it is remarkable. You know, and since this is the year of the Olympics, um, I heard that in Tokyo they, they, they actually have an event called Complexity. And uh, Social Security is the favorite to win the gold on that one. I don't, e I don't even think there's anybody that's going to compete even a little bit with Social Security on the complexity gold medal. Hey, a lot of this is ad lib, isn't it? It all is ad lib, Jack. Yes, as a matter of fact. So anyway, um, since Social Security is so important, what I encourage you to do is to send me your questions, and I'll endeavor to answer them for you. Uh, my email address is ken at rpoa.com. And if you send me your questions, I will do my best to answer them. So let's go with the first question here. So I will be 66 in December, and I want to draw my Social Security benefits when I get to 66. And I will get $2,304, okay? My wife will be 66 in October of this year. She wants to draw her benefits when she turns 66, and her benefit will be $545. So she wants to draw a spousal benefit off of me since her benefit is less than half of mine. Does she have to wait for me to file in December when I turn 66 before she draws anything? Or can she draw her benefits from October to December and then draw a spousal benefit in December when I file? Okay, so the answer is she can do what you're thinking. So she can file for her benefit in October, get her $545 a month, and then when you file in December, she can apply for her spousal benefit, and she can start receiving half of yours, which is uh, $1,152, okay? So now the thing to keep in mind is her benefit would actually be made of two components, it's her $545, which is her benefit, plus the $607, which is what she's going to get off of yours. That's the spousal benefit, okay? Now, the key thing here is the spousal benefit is not automatic, okay? So after you apply for your application and it's been processed, then she needs to go and, uh, online and apply for hers because just because you filed for yours does not mean that she's going to get hers, uh, uh, her, her spousal benefit. All right, we have time for one more question. I'm 67. I've been collecting Social Security. My wife is 63. She has a small work record. We went to Social Security to file for spousal benefit and told that she is not eligible for spousal benefit. What? Can you tell me where I can go online to find reference that shows that she can get? Yes, she can get spousal benefit, and you can go online to do it. I don't know what you – they must not have understood your question. I'm sorry. So her benefit is less than 50% of yours, so she's clearly entitled to spousal benefit. So go to ssa.gov, all right? That's the Social Security website, ssa.gov, socialsecurityadministration.gov. 
And uh, unfortunately, in my experience, the SSA workers who process online are better trained than those that are in the front lines. That's just the way it is. So, uh, yes, you are eligible. <laughs> now, if you are over 50, if you are retired or retiring soon, then I would love to uh, share with you some resources we have for you. Okay, first of all, we have seminars coming up uh, next week that I think you should attend. We have one on Social Security. We have one on retirement planning strategies now that we appear to be coming out of the pandemic. These are designed for those of you who are over 50, who are retired or retiring soon. At the seminar, we're going to talk about fighting three of the worst enemies you have to your financial well-being. Number one is inflation. We'll talk about strategies to fight inflation, which I think is going to come in a big way if it's not here already. We're going to talk about reducing your income taxes. We're going to talk about how to fight bear markets. We have a strategy called invest and protect, which we want to share how you know ideas on that to help protect your retirement from bad times. Also, we want to talk about maximizing Social Security. Tons and tons of info. Over 50, retired or retiring soon, our website is rpoa.com, and you can uh, register for the seminar there, and we'll look forward to helping you as much as we can. All right, rpoa.com. All right, we're going to take a break, and why, we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about why buy and hold could make you run out of money in your retirement. So stay tuned. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morafe. And so our philosophy is that growth is important, but protection of principle is even more important. And the reason why we believe that is because, you know, you could have spent your entire life building and growing and doing all kinds of stuff and investing well, but if you take a big bath you know, lose a lot of money in a big bad bear, make bad financial decisions to go into your retirement. If you do that, then that can significantly impair, if not eliminate the ability of your money to provide for you during the rest of your life. And so I think that it's super important to have a protection mechanism. You're a persistent cuss, Pilgrim. I am, Duke. Now, I want to share with you the the, the what most of you, I'm sure, have been taught is that you, you buy and hold, right? You build a portfolio of quality investments, you rebalance them periodically, and then you're done, okay? And you, and, and you hold on no matter what happens. Now, that may, and I say may, because I don't agree with it even if, it, if you're a younger person, but I'll say it may be a good idea if you're a younger person, if you're in your 20s, your 30s, maybe even your 40s. But I think once you start getting where you can start seeing retirement, when you're five years from retirement or you're already there, when you get into that zone, as Rod Serling, the, the twilight zone, when you get into that zone, then I think that that philosophy of buy and hold and play through is potentially disastrous. So I want to give you an, an, a real-life example, okay, and uh, just to illustrate my point. So this is the period from uh, 2000, Y2K, through 2015. I, that's what I'm going to do, all right? Now, we're going to assume that you retired with $1 million, my favorite number, $1 million, <laughs> that was my Austin Powers. Anyway, so a million dollars, and we're going to say that you're going to withdraw 4% per year. And that 4%, we're going to inflate it every year. So you're going to take out a little bit more to cover inflation. So in the first year, 4% of a million is 40,000. The second year, we inflate that by 2%, so that's 40,800. And then, uh, you know, in the 10th year, it's uh, 48,000, etc. Okay, so each year you're going to take out a little bit more uh, a dollar amount because we're adjusting that for inflation. So let's look at what would have happened. So you invest your million dollars in uh, 2000, you retire, and you're taking your 40,000 out to live on, you got Social Security, and you're happy. 
Well, the S&P, the stock market, which is what I'm assuming you're invested in here, uh, and by the way, you can't invest in an index. You have to invest in a fund, So, just so you know. But uh, the stock market, the S&P, was down 10% that year. So what that means is your million dollars lost 100000 and you took out forty. So the combination of you and what the market did is 140000 So at the end of that first year, your million is worth 858000 Whoops. <laughs> and then the next year, what happened? The market went down another thirteen, and you took out 40800 Now guess what? You're at 700000 And in year two, or I'm sorry, year three, in 2002, the market went down 23%, which means you lost almost $200,000. So in your third year of retirement, guess where you are? You're sitting at less than $500,000. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. And what people tell you is don't worry about it because the market will come back. Everything's going to be fine. Well, those people who tell you that are not living on their money is what I would think. Okay. Because now what's happened is that 2003 comes along, you've got about $500,000 left. You're three years into your retirement, you got half your money. Now, that same $40,000, which was 4% before, is now eight, almost 9%. So now your money has to make 9% to cover the 9% you're taking out. So because you lost money, now you have less, the amount you're taking out is a bigger percentage of your total, and therefore your investments now have to make 9% for the rest of your life to cover that. Excuse me, that's a tall order. So what you're doing is you're putting yourself at risk. And I won't go through the math for all of the years, but by the time 2015 rolls around, and again, using just straight up what the S&P did, you would end up with $200,000, and in that year, you'd have to take 20% of your money out to cover your cost of living. You can't, that, that, that's a recipe for disaster. You started with a million, that's a lot of money, and 15 years later, you're down to 200000 you're 70 years old or 75 years old or whatever it is, not good. So that's why we believe that protecting your principal, protecting your nest egg, the money that's generating your income, is extremely important. In fact, it's paramount in our view. And our, our philosophy is that growth is important for sure. We want to grow the money. But at the same time, we believe that protecting principal is even more important. There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. Now, if you are over 50, if you are retired or retiring soon, and this resonates with you, and you would like to think about or explore the possibility of using us as your retirement plan, planner. Our website is rpoa.com. We have seminars coming up next week that I encourage you to attend. Uh, they're free. They're designed for those of you who are over 50. We talk about social security strategies, income tax strategies, uh, where to get income during your retirement. Uh, we talk about uh, your 401k, diversification, how much risk you should take. We have a bunch of stuff that I think you will find very, very informative, and you'll learn a lot and hopefully it'll help you. All right, so our website is rpoa.com, retirementplannersofamerica.com. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we are going to have our estate tip of the week, which is going to be on the frequently asked questions about gift taxes. So stay tuned. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morayf. Um, everything we do is around helping you to achieve two things. We want your money to last as long as you do, and secondly, we want you to have financial peace of mind. And uh, if we accomplish those two things, we think we've done a good thing. Now, if your money lasts as long as you do, then there might be some left over for your greedy, unwashed, undeserving heirs. And so this is a part of the show where we talk about how to pass on uh, to the aforementioned the fruits of your labor, and it's called estate planning. Now, this week, I want to answer some frequently asked questions on gift taxes. Uh, 
And the reason why is because estate planning involves a lot of gifting, okay? By, by giving away stuff, you remove it from your taxable estate, and by removing it from your taxable estate, potentially, you also reduce your taxes. So that's why gifting is an important component. But before we go into it, Jack, can you play it? I know I'd go from rags to riches If you would only say you care And though my pocket may be empty I'd be a millionaire and of course, that is Tony Bennett with Rags to Riches. And you know, the estate taxes and probate and all that kind of stuff, it's actually designed to do the exact opposite. It's designed to take you from riches to rags, and we do not want that to happen to you. So every week at this time, we have our estate tip of the week. So this week, we're going to answer the frequently, the FAQs, frequently asked questions on gift taxes. So the first question is, who pays the gift tax? Well, the gift tax is paid by the person or entity, the donor, the gift maker, not the gift receiver. That ought to keep the little squirts happy. <laughs> it's true. It should. Uh, so if you're the one making the gift, you're the one that pays the gift tax. Okay, so the people that receive the gift from you, they receive the gift with no tax. Now, the interesting thing about it is that the gift tax is on top of the gift. Okay, so if you make a taxable gift, let's call it $100,000, you make a gift of $100,000 and the tax on that, let's say, is $20,000, then the tax is in addition to the hundred. So your total cash and prizes on that gift is $120,000 in the example I am using. So next question is, uh, what is considered a gift? So it, for it to be considered a gift, it has to be completed, right? Which means that you can't have any strings attached. You can't say, I'm going to give this to you, but I get it back. Or I'm going to give this to you, but I'm going to control it. Or I'm going to give this to you, and it's a loan, you got to pay me back. All those kind of things are not a completed gift. So it means that the transfer of value has to be complete, and you have to have no more control over it once it is complete. So if it's real estate, they have to now own that real estate, and you have no ownership, you're not involved in it at all, and you have no strings that they have to give it back to you or that you control it or anything like that, okay? So it has to be a completed transaction for it to be considered a gift. Uh, what is excluded from gifts? Well, they exclude from the gift tax college, if you pay uh, 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 education expenses directly to the university or to the, or to the, the uh, educational facility. So don't give the money to the child and have them pay for it because then it's not a, it's not a gift. Uh, I'm sorry, it's not excluded from the gift taxes. It is a gift to the child, but you can make it not a gift by paying directly. Medical expenses are the same. So there are some exceptions to the gift tax rules if you pay the institution directly rather than giving the money to your heir and having them pay for it. So that's something for you to know about. Uh, are are, are uh, gifts deductible for my income taxes? No, they're not because it's not income. Okay, this is a different thing. It's deductible against your exemption, your estate tax exemption, but it is not deductible against income taxes. So when you give somebody money, there's no, that's not an income taxable event. Now, if you give somebody uh, an investment, uh, or, uh, and then there are some taxable situations if they eventually sell it, 
or if they get income from it, then they have to pay taxes accordingly. But the actual performance of the gift and the receiving of that gift is not an income taxable event. Okay, It doesn't fall under income tax rules. So those are some of the most asked questions. Um, there are lots more, but uh, certainly if you want to make gifts to your greedy, unwashed, undeserving heirs before you make any large gifts, kind of talk to somebody about it and make sure you structure it properly so that you can get the maximum tax advantage from it. Now, if you'd like to do that with one of our retirement planners, if you are uh, thinking about uh, structuring how you're going to leave money and what, what uh, you know, your estate planning and all that, but, but not just that. Social security strategies, income tax strategies, investment strategies, retirement strategies, 401k, all those kind of things. If you want help with all of that, we're here for you. All right. So if you go to our website, it's rpoa.com. And when you're there, you can. we've got videos, we've got articles, we've got podcasts on just about every subject when it comes to retirement planning. And then also uh, we have seminars coming up that you can sign up for. There are no charge or obligation designed for those of you who are over 50. At the, uh, at the seminars, we'll talk about uh, when and how to take Social Security. We'll have strategies to reduce your income taxes. We'll talk about how to protect from the next market crash. We think there's going to be one in the future. What do you think? Between now and the rest of your life, what do you give the odds there'll be another market crash? crash. I think most of you would say 100%. Do you think it makes sense to protect against that? Maybe yes, right? So at the seminar, we'll be talking about that. We'll have lots of great information for you. So if you're over 50, retired or retiring soon, our website is rpoa.com. Oh dear, you know what, Dorothy? It's not too wonderful to be true because it is true. So folks, uh, rpoa.com. You know what? This show's over already. I cannot believe how fast it's gone. I hope you have enjoyed it as much as I have enjoyed making it for you. We'll see you next week. Same time, same channel. Bye-bye, everybody. Information presented should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any of the securities mentioned. None of this show's content should be viewed as personalized investment advice. A professional advisor should be consulted before implementing any of the strategies presented. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk and therefore can be no assurance that any specific investment or strategy will be suitable or profitable for a client's portfolio. The tax and estate planning information offered on this program is general in nature. Always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. Sound effects or anecdotes should not be construed as an endorsement of Ken Murray or MMWKM Advisors LLC. The firm only transacts business in states where it is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. Registration is not an endorsement of the firm by securities regulators and does not mean that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability.